Hi, welcome to the Sweaty Palms podcast. Sweaty Palms is a Belgium-based music platform that urges their community to discover and share new music and ideas from which relationships can be built. In our podcast, we'd like to dive into the minds of people we think have a huge influence on their scenes and surroundings, ranging from artists and promoters to passionate diggers, road creatives, and your average shows. I'm your host, Eunice, an Android-based music producer, graphic designer, and apparently, podcast host. Today we are joined by Drisbenis, known in his own name, but also aliases like OCB and DJ Boot. He's also the driving force behind Casa Voyager, a record label established in Casablanca, Morocco, working on the fringes of Detroit Electro. Casa Voyager was crowned Label of the Month by Resident Advisor in 2019, and have worked with artists such as Kosh, Beautiful Joe, and Detroit's Filthiest. One of the most promising labels at the moment, with a unique view, we were lucky enough to get an insight from the man himself and his interesting effort of all five. Okay. Welcome to the Sweaty Palms Podcast. My name is Eunice. On this beautiful sunny day in Antwerp, I am joined by Driss from Casa Voyager. Hello. How are you doing? I'm good. Just coming back from France. Uh, had a really nice party. And yeah, a bit uh, recovering now. So, yeah. <laughs> How was it uh, to play for people again? Uh, it was great, actually. It was great. It's always a good, um, a good feeling to perform, actually, uh, to feel close with the people. I played uh, as well two weeks ago in a festival, but here the setup was a bit uh, different. Mm-hmm. I mean, I was more close to the people, and it was more like uh, yeah, a fun, wild party. So, uh, so yeah, I had, I had lots of fun. Yeah, yeah. I think uh, for me, because uh, I had my first gig last week again since Corona, which uh, which was exciting as well to be in front of people again mm-hmm. and get that rush. Um, but also, it, it, it was kind of weird to be that close to people again in that way. It, it, it felt a bit. Um, I, I really liked it, but it was. Um, well, how do you say it? Uh, uh, yeah, a bit unnatural. Yeah, uh, yeah, yeah. Like it, it, it lost the way of, of being like, oh, this is something you do every week, and now it felt very special again. Yeah, yeah, definitely. But I tried to to uh, <laughs> like uh, get this thing like out of my head. Mm. But also, I have to say, I've been um, in. Uh, I don't know if it's good to say that, but like uh, in some parties, like before, mm. like. Uh, so yeah, like it's it's always strange, of course. We always has to be safe and all the blah blah blah. But, yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, but it's also good to be uh, close to one uh, other, and we all gonna die in the end. So <laughs> that that is true. Other, you know? <laughs> <laughs> Hugging each other is very important. I think yeah. uh, everyone has missed being able to do that uh, yeah. freely. So hopefully, we can only keep doing that from now on. Uh, so uh, you are. Uh, you own a label called Casa Voyager. Uh, mm-hmm. Could you tell us a bit more about that for the people that may not know about the label? Yeah, so uh, uh, Casa Voyager is a record label that uh, we started with a bunch of friends. It was like an idea that started like a long time ago in 2011 maybe or 12. And uh, we're just a bunch of Moroccan dudes uh, that were really interested in music, um, and we had the same taste. We liked Detroit and Chicago stuff a lot. 
So we got together. We knew that we wanted to do something together as well. But um, but yeah, I think we were not uh, uh, mature at the time. Mm. Uh, and I'm glad that we didn't do nothing at that time because uh, it wouldn't have sounded the same. But um, but yeah, like some year, uh, years passed and uh, <clears throat> at some point I, I uh, lived in Berlin and, uh, and there I gathered enough strength to, uh, to do all this, uh, like, uh, I don't know, like shadow work for making it uh, happen. And uh, yeah, it's it's great. It's it's super good uh, that it it went really organic mm -hmm. in a way, and uh, and that people really um, noticed the work uh, I and the other people that I've been working with put on this uh, on this thing. Yeah. Yeah, from uh, from an outsider perspective, it felt like it uh, got the critical acclaim pretty fast. Uh, and that only has been building up more and more and more. Is that something that you expected or did it, did it just come out of the blue? Well, it's super strange because <clears throat> when I was living in Berlin, uh, at some point I lost all ambition in electronic music. I didn't want to, to be like, a, I don't know, a successful DJ or producer, you know, mm. I just wanted to have fun and yeah, be, have close friends and, you know, uh, but I still started a label, so it's a bit paradoxical. <laughs> um, but in a way, yeah, I, it was not expected. Although we really, yeah, we knew it, it could work. Actually, I, I knew, like, I was like completely sure it could work. I was sure of the quality of the music from my friends, uh, Kosh, Beautiful Joe, for example. And um, and yeah, so that that thing I was sure about. The thing I was less sure about is how uh, like planets aligned in some in some way. Because uh, like I don't know, one or two years after the the beginning of the label, we got like this uh, record, um, the label of the month article on Resident Advisor, and which is like great, you know, normally it's like big labels that yeah. have a huge history. So it's good, it's good. It, it means that like all these uh, years from 2011 to 2016, 17, like are actually doing their, their work, yeah. Yeah, for sure. I think uh, people a lot forget that when once you start something, um, everything that you've done before accumulates to the point that once you decide oh especially if you've had like an idea for a long time yeah. if you keep simmering on it and then at some point you feel like this is the moment usually it really is that moment that you need to do it yeah um, so it, it, it's always a very good way of, of approaching that i think yeah definitely and also i always been like a bit of a of a perfectionist i always wanted it to be perfect and mm. blah blah and um, yeah you have to find the right balance in in wanting that to be like at a certain standard of quality, but also to learn how to let go sometimes. And I think that's what Berlin brought to me, like this kind of letting go. And also I told you about the ambition thing. Yeah. It's also like I said, okay, it's okay if it's not perfect mm -hmm. uh, because we put all our heart in it. So yeah. people will notice this. Yeah. yeah, exactly. And also, I mean, especially with a genre uh, like a De Detroit Electro that has a rich history and stuff that you don't want to, uh, I guess you feel the pressure that you want to put out quality that would 
the people over there would also think like, oh, this is very good. Uh, yeah. And that it also helps, but doesn't help in that way. Yeah, yeah, yeah. definitely. And also when you are in touch with Detroit people mm. that make you feel that you're not from Detroit. Uh. You know? But uh, but no, the thing is like, uh, I understand their position about that. It's, it's like a cultural thing for them. Mm-hmm. But in a way, like, uh, yeah, you're, you're totally right. Like when I... When I started the label, I, I really wanted to be in the in the continuity of um, of this label that uh, that I like, like Metroplex, uh, you know, uh, I don't know, uh, database or like that kind of um, yeah, and be like um, somewhat coming like after that thing and mm. to be like on the same yeah uh, quality standard. And it's it's really good because we had this this thing like uh, I know some great artists that I respect from Detroit like Mr. Day, or uh, yeah like uh, a lot of names that I you know sorry I'm I'm also recovering from a party. That's okay. That's okay. <laughs> that's the best way to do an interview. Yeah. <laughs> or and, um, and yeah, I know all these guys are listening to uh, to the the label and uh, the the label's music, and they like it. And it's for me, it's the greatest achievement. Mm. Yeah. Yeah. You you said earlier as well that uh, people from Detroit that that's a very cultural thing, and that they make you feel like it's uh, not that. Did you experience a lot of pushback, or did you feel like you needed to um, win their respect in that regard? In a way, I always wanted to be respected by different guys, but I think it's every electronic yeah, yeah, yeah. person <laughs> wants that. But I think I made myself respected because I'm doing my thing. Mm. You know, I'm doing my thing regardless of of what they think. And that's the. I don't try to to look or to sound like. A, of course, I'm really sp- inspired by this. Mm-hmm. This is my main uh, uh, source of inspiration. But like. I don't want to sound like this because it's not me and I also have like other influences and I think I'm more of a mix of these things that are my main influence and other things. Mm-hmm. And it's good that, uh, for example, I work with uh, uh, Detroit Filches, TK DJ Nasty and yeah. among other names. Love his stuff. And like, uh, yeah, like most of the time I send him a track, he's like, yeah, it's shit. But when... <laughs> When like I make a track and I know that this is something that sounds like Detroit, and I send him this, like he likes that, and he says, "Okay, this, yeah, great," you know. And this is the good thing with them; like they don't lie. It means like if it's good, it's good. Yeah. It's a it's a funny parallel. Um, a few years ago, I used to produce a lot of uh, Chicago footwork stuff, and when I started meeting people from Chicago that were into footwork, and I'd show them some of my stuff, they were like, this is horrible, because you can't footwork to this, you can't dance exactly, to this. Exactly, exactly, like, and especially about footwork, it's funny that you say that, because they say you can't produce footwork if you can dance. Exactly, that's what, <laughs> that's what they said a lot. Yeah. I know about this sentence, yeah. yeah. This is why I try to keep footwork a little bit. Uh, you know, I, like the funny thing is, like, when... Uh, I think DJ Earl told me that when I played a show uh, with him. It was like, oh, the people have been talking about you a lot in the footwork that you make. And I listened to it and like, some of it is really good, but some of it does not groove the way it should groove. And I was like, ah. Oh. And then he started footworking in the backstage before his show. And I was like, I should try dancing more yeah. to make the music. And actually, it does help. Yeah, definitely. Like, so, I'm, I'm in the process of, of learning to dance, actually. Like, uh, no joke. I'm that's, really, it's a I'm good really thing. I'm really learning to footwork. I'm trying. 
takes uh, takes time. It's fun to do. There is some parties in between and some, <laughs> you know, but uh, still, I'm I'm getting there. Yeah, it's a, it's a, I think it's a fun thing to do and a good thing to do as well if you're if you're a musician is to get more in touch with your body as well. I mean, even even if you're not a musician, like uh, honestly, it's the best thing you can do because also if you're a party goer or a raver. What I always say is like music is a language or a mm -hmm. vocabulary and dance is like the way to read it uh, with the, like body moves. I've been like uh, also hanging around dancers like lately and it's like also showing me a whole different uh, perspective on the, on the thing. And also it made me feel how much it was like, like in a techno party or mm. in a, even in a footwork party in Europe, like... <laughs> Uh, there is, a, I don't know, like chain dancers, you know, and the rest is like very static and very, I would say, European. But, but no, no, but I agree. You know, in, in <laughs> sense, you know. But um, yeah, I mean, I think everyone should should dance better. Like before, uh, in the clubs, the DJ was hidden in a cabin or a booth, and everyone else was like dancing and the real stars of the party were the dancers yeah yeah no it's true uh it's it's also something that i noticed a few years ago i did um i i was working on music for a dance piece and before that i had never done a thing like that uh and the, the choreographer she she saw me perform somewhere and she was like your music is very very groovy i want to work with you um but i found it so hard to translate what I was doing to making a dance piece. So what I did as well is like whenever they had rehearsals, I went to rehearse with them. I started doing the warm ups. I did some of the, the movements with them as well. And then I yeah. started working on the music and it made so much more sense to try and do what they were doing and then translate that into sound or a composition. Yeah. Um, it, it, and it really helps. And I think like you're saying as well for people that like to go to parties or whatever, getting in touch with your body and, and, and trying to communicate your language or your version of what music as a language is, is it's an important thing, especially when clubs go co-open again. Yeah, definitely. Like, I mean, it's uh, dance is uh, interactive as well, you know, and it's also, it's a way to communicate. Uh, it's also a way to uh, release tension. And uh, yeah, like I feel it's, uh, it's something we lack. Maybe, uh, maybe because we, uh, we are less bored than before. Before, like, people used to be bored, so they would learn to play guitar or to dance or, yeah. you know, to do something, you know. But, um, but yeah, yeah, definitely. Yeah, and I think that's also a very uh, strong thing about the communities, like, in Detroit or Chicago, the way they make their music is all formed around dance and having fun and, yeah. and stuff like that. And you can really feel that in the rawness of the music that they make. Is that also what attracted you to that genre in the first place, or...? Uh, me, I was like, uh, it's a bit uh, different because I came from the music mm -hmm. side of it. I was really interested. Yeah, I was. I mean, more of the, the rawness of the music or, or the way. Oh, the rawness of yeah. Yeah, yeah uh, definitely. I uh, when I got in touch with with this kind of music, I didn't really uh, could put words on it or what was it. But yeah, definitely growing up and uh, listening to more stuff and. Uh, making my vocabulary a bit larger. I really, uh, I really understood that what I liked about it is, is the, um, the fact that it was simple, effective, uh, fast. And yeah, 
I also uh, realized that it was made for the dance, you know, for mm. example, like if you listen to this like fast uh, 160 BPM techno, it's made for jitting, like which is like a Detroit dance, mm -hmm. which is a total gangster dance, you know, like people would end up like uh, hitting it and uh, killing each other, you know, mm -hmm. because like they won a battle, you know. So. Yeah. But uh, yeah, thing is like, um, I'm really inspired by the whole culture. I'm also still learning about it. Uh, yeah, it's, uh, it's also what I realized is that for, for us in a, um, in a faraway perspective, mm -hmm. we tend to uh, idealize that. Uh, and what I realized that in Detroit, it's like completely different because it's, it's part of their life. Actually, yeah. It's really like genuine, you know. They don't force it. They don't look to uh, just what they are, you know. Yeah. And, uh, and this is why like a lot of, of people that are trying to do electro or Detroit techno and stuff, they can't replicate it really. Mm -hmm. Cause it's it's not there in their genes, you know, in their like blood, and yeah, their, you know, like life every day, and yeah, yeah, it's it's something that um, happens a lot when a certain there's some genres that are pretty universal. I feel in in Western culture or whatever, mm -hmm. uh, but then there's always these, especially in electronic music, these very specific strands of things happening that are harder to do if you're not around where it happens. Like I think uh, what happens in the UK often is a good example of like when grime or something happens in the yeah. UK and then if it happens somewhere else, it doesn't always make sense unless it happens like in Japan where yeah. then it takes an entirely different life of its own. Because it's, it's made, but they don't try to be exactly like them. Yeah. You know, they try to be just as they are with their influences. And yeah, also like what I, I, I understood is that like sometimes it's also as simple things as uh, samples that you're using mm -hmm. to produce your music. And in Detroit, like people are giving themselves like the samples and stuff. And also what I noticed is like today, like a lot of um, artists like uh, only swear about um, analog machines and mm -hmm. stuff and because they want to sound like Detroit. But what they don't realize is that in Detroit at that time, they were using a lot of shitty samplers, like really the shittiest samplers. Mm -hmm. And they would sample the shittiest uh, 808s and they would get this raw sound that you're looking for. I, I remember reading a story about uh, Moritz von Oswald uh, that went in Detroit and when he went back, he, I think he invited uh, Blake Baxter mm -hmm. and they went together to the studio. And when Blake Baxter entered to Moritz Van Oswald's studio, he really freaked out because he had like all the craziest modular systems and machines and synthesizer. Mm -hmm. And he was like, wow, what the fuck, what's that? And, and Moritz Van Oswald was a bit like, uh, I don't understand, like, uh, you don't have that in Detroit at your studio and stuff? He says, no, I have like a 303, a drum machine and a four tracker. And Maurice Van Oswald was then impressed by the quality of the music he was putting with only three pieces of equipment. Mm -hmm. uh, when the other ones, they tried to make like, it's funny, there is a record called uh, Round One. I don't know if you know it. 
It's called I'm Your Brother, and it's from uh, actually Maurice Van Oswald trying to make Chicago house. You know, mm-hmm. that's why it's fun. You can hear like the German, uh, yeah, German touch on yeah. Chicago house. Yeah. Yeah, I think that's always uh, the, the case as well. Is if you get, if you have too much freedom in the way that you can do things, um, you will lose something in the process. Uh, I, I feel that uh, in like this day and age, where uh, it's very easy to make music, electronic music, because uh, everyone has a computer, everyone can download FL Studio or Ableton or whatever mm-hmm. and start making stuff, um, and there is so much. VSTs that you can get and so much options and that gets you lost easily in what you try to do but if you have limited options and limited resources then you make do what you get and you yeah. try to take the most out of it exactly yeah yeah it's um yeah and also like the possibilities are great honestly like i i will not lie i think the possibilities are great the thing is you have to learn to limit yourself yeah because Yeah, when there is too much possibilities, you always think that you can do better or mm-hmm. something else that would be actually more mind-breaking or, you know. Mm-hmm. And uh, sometimes it's better to, uh, to push uh, the possibilities and the capacities of a piece of equipment until, it's, until you are sure that everything is like, you have done everything and you know everything about this synth. Because mm-hmm. when you have the possibilities after that, it's easier to pick exactly what you need from the, this piece of equipment. And also, what I always tend to say is uh, it's not about the equipment, it's about what you're doing yeah. with it. It's, it's, uh, yeah, it's all about this. Uh, I've been in some, some people's studios that were like so impressive. But I was so not impressed by the music. So, you know, like it's, there is like some kind of gaps like this. Uh, yeah. Also, I believe that my, my best tracks are, uh, that I made personally uh, was when I had like um, two pieces of equipment with me and I was not trying to yeah, make something great. Yeah. Like my most successful track, uh, I made it at my mom's place uh, with one monitor and just my computer. You know? mm-hmm. I had maybe like my uh, MS-20 or something, or my t- Tetra, but like, you know, like basic things. And just the feeling of uh, uh, being brought back to like this 
kind of teenage place where we were starting making music and stuff. I think it, it made everything for this particular song, yeah. So Yeah, and it's usually also the song that you don't expect to go really well that then goes really well. Uh, for there, me, at least. There is, there is something, yeah, I, I completely agree with you, but honestly, with this special song, when I was making it, I remember I have a little, uh, in my room, I have a little kind of, it's not a terrace, but like you can go out. You know? mm -hmm. And I remember I had like uh, only no drums. I first I wanted to make a version with no drums. Mm -hmm. <laughs> I said, fuck them. I just want that, you know. It was only the bass line, a trio tree kind of lead. Mm -hmm. And uh, yeah, a melodic sound with it. And just the three uh, sounds together, they were completing themselves very, very well. And honestly, I was like pressing pause, you know, and standing up, going out and saying, oh, I have something crazy. And uh, um, yeah, like actually it, it worked. And, uh, but it's the only one that <laughs> I knew it, it, it was going to work. All the rest, I, yeah. The, the sometimes you also just really feel that click. Yeah. And then you know, this is it. This is what people will And love. most of the time you expect, you're like, oh, this thing will work for sure yeah. and stuff. And then like nothing, you know. But you also, after a while of doing it, then you feel the difference between, oh, this will work and this is going to work. Yeah. There, there's, there's such a difference in those two yeah. that you feel after a while. You're, you're like, this will work, but not as well as I think it will. And then yeah, you're like, yeah. this will really work. And then you know, that's yeah, it. Definitely, definitely. But it's also a good feeling when uh, you have the... Because a lot of time in electronic music, there is a sense of randomness, mm -hmm. of playfulness, of, you know, like, you don't, you don't really know where you're going to end up, you know. And, um, and the feeling of actually knowing where it's going to end up, like, and knowing what you want to do with this track, knowing how it's... how you want the drums, how you want the... And then you make it and it works, uh, I mean, like the people really listen to it as you were expecting, then like it's it's really the greatest feeling. Yeah. yeah, it's really like the artistic process is like uh, done, like the box is ticked. You yeah. know? so it's that is cool. the, the best feeling, like the best compliment that you can get as an artist is when sorry the best compliment that you can get as an artist. Is yeah, when yeah, definitely it feels and it clicks and it clicks for the people around you, and that's yeah. yeah. Yeah, definitely. Hopefully, I, I mean, I, I know for some people that doesn't happen a lot, but once it happens once, and then if you get it again, that's the yeah, it's it's great. Especially if you can keep reinventing yourself instead of doing the same thing uh, yeah. to get that feeling. That that is yeah. Yeah, you, uh, and also you say like there is. Uh, I know some people that that doesn't uh, work a lot for them like this. I really know a lot of people in the struggle, you know. Mm -hmm. But uh, in this, uh, in the music industry, in the music business, there is a sense of um, luck, you know. You have to be lucky at some point. Mm -hmm. You have to be at the right place at the right moment with mm -hmm. the right story to say. And um, yeah, for example, there is like this super uh, interesting artist called uh, Kemperton mm -hmm. in Morocco that I really love. But he, he puts himself too much pressure uh, in the mean that he wants to to sound perfect, he wants to sound good, he wants to, but but he's a he's a great talented artist. Each time he sends me something, it's like really groundbreaking, and 
like yeah like he doesn't get the recognition maybe needed mm -hmm. but sometimes there is this kind of uh, things that happening like for example DJ Stingray playlisted his uh, his song you know like mm -hmm. in, a, in a playlist for something and I feel like that just that recognition is something that is also uh, that might be as great as having a lot of people you know like that recognition from people that you respect or um, it's important to have both and and in the end keep pushing all the time you know because uh, you don't know when your luck is gonna knock you know yeah <laughs> so. yeah, yeah. yeah I think that as, as well um, the last year and a half I guess of, of COVID and, and everything being closed down for a lot of people um, it was hard to keep on pushing through yeah but I feel that everyone that kept going is now starting to reap the benefits of that is starting to feel that, oh, I pushed through, so now I will definitely keep on doing this. Yeah. Uh, whereas I also know a lot of people that stopped because they were like, I can't keep doing this in these circumstances, which I also completely get. Um, but I feel that if you've made it through this very weird period of time with not being able to play or, or whatever and uh, having to write music under uh, strange circumstances that your luck will be there mm. and because you push through to do this so you can handle anything, really. Yeah. Yeah, I mean, I think the best thing is to learn to be resilient. Mm -hmm. Means to like take a lot of hits and uh, don't feel the the hit, you know. Yeah. And in a way, I also uh, I yeah I heard something somewhere, and I keep repeating repeating this um, to any musician that asks me for advice is uh, two things: uh, to uh, keep going and to not stop, you know. Which is the same, but yeah, uh, yeah. it's but the same but very different. Yeah, 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 yeah. Because uh, it's hard, it's hard, it's hard, it's tough, and uh, and the toughest part is not to even make it; is to like maintain and sustain. You know, yeah. uh, it's like so complicated to um, to keep the thrill also going on for you as an artist. Um, yeah, you, as you said also earlier, you have to keep reinvent, reinventing yourself mm -hmm. all the time, um, challenge yourself as well. Uh, yeah, otherwise you... I, I don't know for you, but otherwise I get bored myself, yeah, no. you know, like it's, it's too much from the same thing. It's never good, yeah. Yeah, yeah you want to keep it fresh and, 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 and um, especially because, I mean, I think you as well me a lot of people that we know you want to keep doing this you want because you love doing music you love being in it so to keep it interesting you need to keep going and then it's a it's a hard thing to do if you get stuck in a rut uh, but then also some people love being stuck in that rut yeah but i mean like it's a yeah i get it but it's a process you know i see it more like a like a Shaolin kind of thing, you know. I n I always want to, wanted to do kung fu, mm -hmm. but one day they told me it was like a seven year, just to be like in the lowest level of a kung fu guy. And I said, okay, better to be a kung fu guy in music, you know. Yeah. <laughs> so yeah, I'm trying to to keep uh, keep on pushing in that way. And yeah, like the, I think it's a process and you keep on learning and the more you go, the more you experienced and the more you become of, uh, an effortless master. Yeah. It's typically this, you know, 
Uh, I, I advise for anyone as well that's also interested in music and doing music to read the book from Kenny Werner, which is like a, a great jazz pianist. It's called Effortless Mastery, actually, and um, it's about uh, learning to uh, learning your craft, practice your craft, and becoming like strong at something, but also learning to let go and to uh, to let go of the ego of the, a lot mm -hmm. of things to be in that space where you can actually play music very effortlessly you know yeah. and uh, everything comes naturally genuinely and at that point even if you're european moroccan japanese if you want to do detroit electro you will because yeah. you're in the space you know exactly yeah, yeah. Yeah, it's interesting. Uh, effortless mastery, it's called. Yeah, yeah. Well, I'll definitely read that. I'm, yeah. I've been looking for a new uh, book to read as well. Uh, yeah, I think subject. like uh, I think you will love it yeah. definitely. Like we've been talking a bit. So yeah, yeah. Will, will. I've I've got a good recommendation for you as well, book wise. I mean, <laughs> just throw it out there. Um, it's a book I read last year by Questlove, a okay. roots drummer, yeah, yeah. Uh, called uh, Creative Quest, where he goes on a research to uh, find out what creativity really is yeah. or um, if a person is naturally creative or if creativity is something that you are uh, taught. Yeah. And he goes on conversations with people in different fields from film to music to whatever and constantly reflects on if he himself is a creative or someone who copies what already exists. Um, very interesting book. It's very like it reads very uh, fast, uh, but it it really brings like food for thought as to like your creative process. He said that um, like an excerpt from the book is when he goes to Japan to eat uh, sushi for his birthday, and he goes to a restaurant and he said that um, the 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 chef who prepared like a seven course meal, he said he curated the the courses as if it was a dj set he said it, it really felt like yeah. i was eating a dj set and and that for him was like very interesting to, to take back and, and go dj yeah. um very interesting book yeah i, I love quest love it's uh, quite <laughs> quite funny to say but uh, it's it's a great artist um and it's fun because uh, yeah it's like the sushi thing or the kung fu thing it's kind of performative thing you know mm -hmm. you have to it's a way to, uh, to bring um, on the table an experience and a craft and to, to transmit that to people. But it's like, it's always, um, yeah, the creativity process is, is super complicated. I've, I always thought it's, um, I, um, I always thought that there was no genuinely talented person. It was like, there was there is hard workers and yeah i mean like prince for example which was like for me like one of the ultimate musicians mm -hmm. like they can play every instrument mm -hmm. they do everything themselves he's like ableton <laughs> you know <laughs> but himself you know yeah and um and yeah like for example this person he was great he was like he had like this image of being like this you know borderline kind of person and stuff mm -hmm. But still, I think he was a hard-working person. Yeah. I think sure. he was waking up in the morning and going in the studio and working his ass off, you know. So, um, so in that sense, yes. But also, like, uh, creativity comes from, from other places as well. Because uh, it's not only... Um, also, to be creative, you have to be able to, to be creative. Mm -hmm. It means, like, to have to learn a craft... 
Um, so in that sense, I think it's a little bit you have it because. Okay, let's let's say in jazz, you uh, you take two people and you put them in the same jazz school. They learn the same things. They go out and there is one of them that can only read and play or uh, go in a session and just record what he's being told. And there is the other one that can really envision music and around his, for example, he plays piano. Around his piano, he can envision like the trumpets, the drums, the... And in that sense, yeah, there is there is uh, different people, but it's also what you want, you know. Some people just want to play. Mm -hmm. uh, some people just want to find a way of, of, like you know, of meditate. For example, for me, music is meditation, also mm -hmm. a, bit, a bit. So um, yeah, yeah. <laughs> no, but it's it's true. It's a. Uh it's a, it's an interesting process. I got lost a bit with the question. <laughs> that's I, okay. Uh, that's okay. Didn't have to go that far into. But <laughs> I think it's a very interesting thing, and and I do fully agree that um, creativity and and making art or or uh, stuff like that is hard work. Yeah. Um, it, it is. There's a bit of talent, but talent is such a. I feel a very overrated thing. Yeah. Uh, it it is more about learning what you do and trying to be very good at it for yourself for the way that you want to express something or, or the way you want to convey well, convey a um, almost let a bottle f uh, fall that's why I screamed uh, giving <laughs> but it was a nice uh, you, you it was a nice reflex like you it's, it's it my uh, well. my kung fu hand <laughs> um, yeah I, I think that I, I lost track because of that um, but yeah I think that's a that's that, that talent in that way is overrated. And it's just like the talent for me is the spark that you have to work very hard to get something or to, to make yeah, something. I mean, uh, also what I say is like talent is, uh, is like to, uh, to have like genius moves, but from time to time, you know, it's yeah. not something that's, there is some geniuses, but geniuses have talent all the time, you know, and uh, talent is something very ephemeral, you know, very, you can be talented at some things, but only for a few, uh, you know, few minutes, you know. Yeah. Uh, like when I'm drunk, I'm very good at, I don't know, pool or, you know, like uh, <laughs> darts. I don't know yeah. how you call that. But, uh, yeah, as long as I don't drink, I'm very lame at it. So, mm -hmm. yeah, is that talent? I don't know. It's, uh, so it's, there is a lot of, um, yeah, I'm trying myself to, to, to find like a meaning of all this. But it's so paradoxical and uh, contradictory at the same time. So uh, that it feels that there is no end. And mm. uh, like in that thought, like you can go and there is like things that will make you say that uh, that there is some creative people and talented people and that, uh, yeah, it's like that. They're born like this. You can beat them there, you know, mm -hmm. and... Uh, and sometimes you say to yourself that no, actually, no. Because when you actually talk to these talented people, you end up to realize that uh, they're just working <laughs> like very hard every day. Yeah. They're not moving from their studio. Uh, they, they repeat the same action again and again and again and again until like it's become, it's natural, like it's part of themselves, you know. Mm -hmm. uh, like I've sampled 
things in my Ensonic sampler so much that that it's part of myself. I don't do it so much anymore, but like when I want to do it, it's yeah. fast, you know, and easy. You know, it's easier than sampling in Ableton, yeah. which is like literally takes two seconds in Ableton. But like, yeah. yeah, it's just the way that it works for you that it becomes an extension of your body in yeah. that sense. Yeah, 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 and then that enhances your creativity in some ways. Yeah. yeah. Not for sure. Wow, it's already been a very interesting talk. Uh, yeah. <laughs> damn, uh, we got lost in the we, we got lost in, the, uh, in, the, in the sauce, but that's okay. I think that's uh, partially recovering from a party and partially uh, just the way that these conversations work. Yeah, um, I do. I do want to talk a bit more about um, about you and and, and uh, Casablanca because mm. I'm very. I, I don't know a lot about um, the electronic scene over in Morocco. Yeah. Um, and I'm very curious about how, because your label was born there with your friends that were all into the, the same genre. How did that, how did you guys meet and, and how did you get introduced to the more Detroit sound? Um, so I, uh, <clears throat> it was a bit different from all the people because mm -hmm. we're all coming from different backgrounds and stuff. Uh, two of them, we were in the same high school, but we didn't know each other because not the same generation. Mm -hmm. um, but I met them, uh, uh, Kosh and Beautiful Joe, I met them in Rex Club, both of them, it's quite, quite funny, in Paris, uh, in the dance floor. Like uh, Beautiful Joe, it was, I think, it, at a Jeff Mills party. Mm -hmm. And Kosh, I don't remember the party, but like, I remember that he just came and asked me for a bottle of water because he was like fucked up or something. <laughs> and um, and yeah, like we started to talk. At that time, like Kosh was living in the US, but with the Jonas, beautiful Joe, mm -hmm. we started to hang out a lot and to make actually to throw parties in Paris. So we really had this kind of, uh, it was the beginning, like this kind, uh, these parties that I was making, it was, I think the, f uh, the prequel to uh, to um, to Casa Voyager. But you guys were living in Paris at the time. Yeah, yeah I was okay. studying in Paris at the time. Okay. But then every summer I was coming back in Morocco, and in 2011 there was this special summer when I came back, and uh, there was this party in Marrakech. Mm -hmm. uh, yeah, and it was strange because like all the people that were that was in this party uh, they all became like uh, part of the cultural m scene in morocco either in fashion or uh, design or uh, music arts film you know like mm -hmm. um so it was really cool and it was really like it's the first time of my life that i enjoyed the party in morocco because it was really it has the the let's say the Berlin or London kind of vibe mm -hmm. or a mix of Berlin and London, let's say. It was very intimate and very uh, open. And there I, uh, I met, uh, yeah, Polyswitch, that is like another artist that has a label called Astrofever now. And Jessin, uh, that is one of my closest friends. Um, yeah. And uh, it all started like this. I've been impressed, like, uh, 
by, for example, Police Switch because he was playing at this party. Mm -hmm. And I saw him play and I was looking for a, a track, you know, from uh, Levan Vincent that was really big at the time, like it's called Man or Mistress. Really huge track, every other DJ was playing it. But I didn't know the, the name, like it was this summer that everyone like started to play it and I was hearing it in all the clubs. And then I go in Morocco and I, I see this Moroccan DJ playing this track and I was like, oh great, you know. I didn't know that this was possible in Morocco. Like a friendship started, we started to share music, uh, we started to uh, share frustrations, to share uh, ideas as well, and, um, and yeah, we grew up together in, in a sense, but also separately, because mm -hmm. we were not uh, all the time living in the same place. Um, but we always wanted good for each other, and it's very r rare in Morocco, where like most of the people are like, kind of pushing each other down, you know? Mm -hmm. um, but yeah, like uh, once uh, we established this connection, yeah, it was easier to share and to grow. Because uh, honestly, like uh, when I was living in Paris yeah. from 2010 and 15, uh, I was really interested in electronic music. I was doing the same kind of things, but I didn't feel uh, also uh, accepted in a way or, mm. or taken in uh, anyone's group. Uh, not because of I was Moroccan or no. thing, but it felt like it was not my place, you know. Yeah. And there is a lot of local things and stuff and you don't really, you are not really a local. And, and for the first time in my life, I felt that I had a, a local gang, you know, like yeah. a bunch of friends that I wanted to see succeed in in uh, music. Yeah. Mm. yeah. No, I understand that. And I, I think as well, like the, the outsider thing, I yeah. think I get that very much. Uh, and it's probably not because that you're Moroccan, but yeah. I think it's in a way that might also be a thing. That yeah, yeah, of course. Yeah. Of course. Like, I mean, it's... Uh, it's as, uh, but I mean, not in a, because a lot of time in France, when you say lies it's because of Moroccan, there is this kind of racist thing, but mm. I'm not talking about that no, in no, this no, case. No. It's more like if I was uh, like anyone, like yeah, a Japanese in Paris or yeah. a, a German in Paris. It, it's because you're not a Parisian in yeah, Paris. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And it's a very like, um, you know, like Paris is a very special place. Uh, it's hard to like Paris. It's hard to like. I liked it for a while, but it's hard to like Paris. 
the only people that like Paris is like tourists and the people that are born there, you know. Mm. And uh, and I really understand why because there I see why they love it so much. Uh, and yeah, I, I understand the fact that that locally and I also push that that mm -hmm. locally you have to make your uh, friends and your local DJs uh, shine. But in a sense, in 2010, when I arrived there, I felt that in Morocco there was nothing, and uh, and yeah, I wanted to uh, to be part of something in a way, like anyone, I think. Yeah. And uh, and yeah, I didn't had that in Paris until like uh, until I I had this bunch of people in Morocco. Yeah. Yeah. Did Did you feel that um, so when you found the people that were your uh, term of like local uh, group of the people that you feel uh, you could grow something with, mm -hmm. you feel that that uh, helped in the area that you were from to to grow more of a scene as well, or uh, did it stay very much in your group of people? Uh, in in what sense, like um, like in terms of of, of the music that you push, uh, do you feel that having a group of people there helped? Uh, grow the the communal sense yeah. of of the music of course of yeah. course of course because like uh, in a sense we are all parts we are all little atoms of uh, something bigger than us you know mm -hmm. and I, I really try to say that like it's written on uh, jeff mills uh, record like uh, that uh, that's like we once we we realize that um that we have a purpose that is greater than all minds then like at this moment all minds can like seed and fortify you know mm -hmm. um thing is like uh, we all play the role in a sense like if, if police switch when before casa voyager he was quite playing all the time in all the clubs and stuff and he made like uh, electronic music like in a sense cool you know mm -hmm. jason as well and all the also all the other people that are even not pushing the same kind of music but electronic music mm -hmm. they all helped because it's uh, it's an education it takes time uh it's also a virus i also compare electronic music as a virus mm -hmm. because once you get it it's like you can't get rid of it and you transmit it as well to your closest friends that transmit it as well yeah so it's something that will take time. I we've been in 2011. We always been saying we are not doing this for our children, but maybe the children of our children, you yeah. know. Um, but yeah, in a in a way, like uh, I think we all uh, we all uh, contribute to something, even if it's hard, even if the government is not helping so much. Uh, because like it's not uh, it's also it's a niche thing you know we have to 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 say it it's a niche thing like in Morocco people like uh, the general youth they don't listen to techno you know they like uh, rap you know they like hip hop and trap and they like this kind of thing this mm -hmm. is what's big and uh, and yeah like um, in a sense yeah it's 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 helping, but also it's not as big as we want, of course. But uh, but yeah, we're still very happy. Like we, we would never have expected to uh, to have all this, to have like three big festivals going on each year's each year. 
um, yeah, like uh, four year, four or five years ago, there was nothing, nothing, not even a club night. You know. Yeah, I think every every step in that process is a big victory. Uh, mm -hmm. I think it's something that we were talking about earlier as well. That yeah, that it's all the little things that just accumulate to being better and better. Uh, it may not be as big as you won, but it's way bigger than it was five years ago. And I yeah. think that's the most important thing. Yeah, you have to see it like a tree. It's growing up. And if you don't have like the, I don't know what you call that, but like the... The roots? Yeah, the roots. Yeah. If you don't have a good solid root, then you can't build like good uh, flowers, you know, yeah. or whatever. But um, it's also the fact that we have now festivals and big productions in Morocco that made uh, the possibility of having a record shop, for example, because the person that made the record shop maybe is more confident in doing a record shop when there is a regular festival each year yeah. and more people listening to that. And then maybe someone in uh, one year will have this... Uh, the money and the and the great idea to make a club, you know, mm. and to program like good music every weekend. And yeah, like I'm I'm very hopeful for this, and it might happen because it's like a domino effect as well, you know. Like mm -hmm. it's uh, one thing leads to another. Yeah, exactly. It's it's the the um, back to the tree analogy. The the oh, what's it called? My English is very weird today. Yeah, <laughs> I keep, yeah, I keep yeah, losing. Yeah. I keep losing. Uh, <laughs> um, where you plant your seed needs to be healthy, and then all those seeds will spawn and yeah. will help each other fester. Yeah. Um, which, yeah, it's it's a. As you say, if more people locally make electronic music, and there's more festivals and there's more opportunities, and more other things will start, more labels, more uh, clubs, um, shops, yeah. and that will keep circling back to one another because then the community can grow and then you can well, do more and stronger. Because of Voyager, like we, had, we were two Moroccan labels. There was like Cosmo Records as well and Casa Voyager, but Cosmo Records was mainly releasing artists from abroad. Mm -hmm. uh, but since like the label, there is like now three other record labels. Uh, no, there was also Chiquita as well, which was uh, before Casa Voyager. But also mainly artists from abroad. Yeah. Uh, but now there is like uh, Police Switch who made like Astro Fever Records, which mm -hmm. is more focused in the uh, lower tempos and like a broken beat mm -hmm. and um, houseier stuff. And there is Kosh that was also one of the main uh, artists in Casa Voyager that does uh, his label called Convergence. Convergence. Mm -hmm. And it's uh, it's it's great, you know. It means that it's, there is life. There yeah. is like uh, that. Also, in a sense, we created something, opportunities for uh, for artists to grow and to make money from their art. So that's 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 great. That's yeah, great. exactly. That's that's very cool to hear. I'm happy that there's uh, more happening than over yeah. there, and that it uh, hopefully will keep on leading to bigger and better stuff as well uh, mm. and I think it's not a bad thing to be in a niche it's where most of this stuff started anyway so yeah. the fact that a niche is growing over there means that it that there's room for it and that's a, that's a nice yeah. thing um, I'm, I'm wondering what made you 
move to Belgium because uh, Belgium is, is such a to me as someone that was born here and and, and raised here uh, and always lived here my entire life feels like a in a way a strange choice to go to if you've been in from in Paris and Berlin and I mean uh, do you want the honest version or the, <laughs> the makeup version <laughs> give it to me honestly I, I'm gonna give a bit of both <laughs> <laughs> No, like, um, honestly, like, I, I've been touring a lot uh, before uh, COVID and stuff. And uh, it's been quite tough for me to, like, cope with this, like, to, uh, to actually, like, be on the, the move all the time and stay very shortly and, mm -hmm. like, uh, get to know people that you have to leave two hours later and that kind of stuff. Yeah. And strangely enough, I developed a phobia of uh, taking planes mm -hmm. because I had a real bad plane experience coming uh, back from uh, Georgia. A really bad one where like people started to scream and hug each other in the oh. plane. So I was alone in the row, so oh. I had no one to hug, you know. Um, so yeah, when I arrived, I was like, yeah, I, I want to take less the plane. So I was thinking, and I, uh, I, yeah, Brussels is quite central in Europe, um, and I knew some people here as well. It was not like a complete different thing, and mm -hmm. people speak French. But also, um, yeah, come on, you say Paris and Berlin, like, I mean, Belgium is like a historical place for electronic music. Oh, yeah, yeah, it, it, it is, it <laughs> is, know? but I mean, from Belgium is never in that conversation usually if you know what i mean yeah you, if people you talk, talk about london paris and yeah, yeah nobody talks about brussels yeah. which is a shame because there's yeah. so much here and and a lot happening here as yeah. well and it has the history but, but i think it's the lack of culture of people because like back then in the 90s in the early days of uh, electronic music uh, all the records that were coming from abroad would arrive to antwerp mm -hmm. And then in Antwerp, it will be like actually dispatched to all Europe. Mm -hmm. So actually Belgium will be the first to get the records from Detroit and stuff. Mm -hmm. And yeah, like, I mean, it's, it's quite a big thing. This is why you have like such a great record labels as well here yeah. and stuff like RNS and that kind of, it's coming from Belgium, you know? And, um, and yeah, also it's it's quite living. There is a we were talking about it before uh, before the the podcast, but like um, there is a punk side in 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 Belgium that I don't find in France. Mm -hmm. That's more like in uh, I would say in Berlin kind of thing, even though it changed a bit. Mm -hmm. So it, it mixes a bit the influences of France and like the more uh, Eastern t uh, thing, even though like Germany is not East, but uh, it's a bit like punk, but still a bit... Um, Refined? Yeah, in a way. And, uh, and yeah, it has its place. I mean, it has its place. It has great artists. It, yeah. it has... Uh, and the scene is living. It's not dead, you know, like... I, some people say that it's dead, that there is nothing and stuff. And some people, even some Belgian people, but me, from my perspective, I, I don't feel that. I yeah. No, I also feel like there's a lot happening here in, in a lot of different uh, genres and parts of the, the music spectrum, not even electronic, but beyond that, there's a lot yeah. happening here. There's a lot of great musicians, a lot of nice new labels, uh, 
I mean, we were talking about that there might not be enough small clubs or something, mm. but I think that gap will be filled quite easily at yeah. some point again because there's a lot of big things and, and so it trickles down easily. Yeah. Um, I, I think the, the, the reason why I said it is because it's Belgium or Brussels or Antwerp is not part of the conversation, but I do think it should be way more, um, which is why I think it's super nice that you live here yeah, <laughs> yeah. Uh, because else we would not be able to have this conversation. Yeah. Yeah, definitely, definitely, and uh, and also I li- personally, if I, if I if I can talk from more uh, more personal perspective, definitely, um, I I like the places that are a bit overlooked, you know, a bit uh, like um, like if they were like downgraded or you know, mm. like um, like if they were not looking good or they were not good, but actually they are. It's just that people don't know, you know. Yeah. It's like uh, in the perpetual. I'm looking for the new Berlin, you know, or something, or yeah, the new Lisboa, yeah. you know. It might not be Brussels or Antwerp <laughs> for sure, but uh, but, you also but never still, know. still, it, it is what it is, you know. It is what it is, and it's special. Like, I, uh, you know, I lived in Morocco, I lived in Berlin, and blah blah, blah and. And it's special. It has something that that Berlin doesn't have, that Paris doesn't have. It has the village kind of feel, um, the closeness. We've been talking about that. Like yeah. to, to be, I feel close with people. Like when I go out in the street, I might meet two or three people in the during the day without yeah. even planning and just in the street. You know, you feel more at home here than you did in Paris or Berlin or. I I felt more at home in Berlin, but it was different. I felt at home in the sense where for the first time in my life, I felt accepted Mm -hmm. uh, for what I was doing, for being like just a musician, having no job, having no money and stuff. (laughs) It's okay in Berlin, you know, (laughs) like it's... (laughs) It's even you look better when you have no money <laughs> and no, like, you know. Struggling artist is is a yeah. It's the <laughs> the romanticized thing. It's over a there. persona, like it's a yeah. type of people in Berlin. Like it is, the, yeah. it's maybe like sixty five percent of the population <laughs> struggling artist. But um, yeah, I felt home because like I felt there was a lot of people like this. I felt understood in some ways. Uh, here I feel home in other ways. I feel home because. Uh, there is a very, very big Moroccan community. Yeah. I live in a Moroccan neighborhood. And when I feel too much uh, far away from my family in Morocco, I just go down and take a, a coffee in the, in the coffee down and it just looks like Morocco. You know? <laughs> so, yeah, in that sense. That's yes. amazing. <laughs> nice. Yeah. Uh, well, uh, Driss, it was uh, a pleasure talking to yeah. you. It's been a very... Very nice conversation. Uh, yeah, is, great. is there anything that you would like to talk about still? Um, or, or have we covered everything? <laughs> well, like, you know me, if you, if you let me talk, I, I might not stop. But, uh, <laughs> but uh, yeah, I just uh, keep on listening to good music, keep on challenging yourself, uh, try to learn about uh, stuff. Um, 
pay your music, don't download illegally, you know. I think that's the first time anyone has said that on this podcast. <laughs> that's a yeah. good thing, finally. I mean, I mean download in illegally, but pay most of your music. You yeah. know? Some things you can download illegally. If you download, uh, buy some records once in a while. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Just try to find the right balance. Yeah. And, uh, and yeah, like, uh, I just want to big up my friends, Kosh, Police Switch, Jessin. Uh, the guys from uh, Deco in France that are very good, Mezig and Gab. Um, yeah, and all the people that's, that uh, have been uh, around all the time, uh, like all the people I've been working with, like Clone and stuff. And yeah, long live electronic music. That's long live electronic music. Yeah. I have two, two small more questions before, uh, before yeah, we yeah. go. First of all, uh, just something that has been in the back of my mind the entire day. <laughs> Beautiful Joe. Did he get that name from the video game? Yeah. yeah. <laughs> yeah, yeah <laughs> good good yeah. that it's cleared out because I, I, I was listening to your catalog and I was like, ah, oh, Beautiful Joe, good name. I was like, ah, yeah. brings me back. <laughs> yeah, I, I like it. Um, I, uh, I was a bit late to go, but uh, I have the record at home and I wanted to bring records. Okay. And in the record, actually, there is the beautiful Joe on the on the backside of the ah, the, in the logo. Yeah, it's like a bit uh, remade logo. Yeah, like it's the, yeah. A funny, a great. That's <laughs> yeah. Uh, yeah, he's yeah. a lot into like um, it's also his universe. He's a lot into gaming and yeah. stuff, and he gets a lot of inspiration from it. And I think it's great because uh, he's nothing like us. Like he's nothing like me that has this real techno and electronic music culture. Yeah. He has he has it as well, but he's more into gaming. So his his music is different. You know, mm -hmm. it sounds like uh, like you know, out of from a game or something. Yeah, so, yeah. yeah. I think uh, funny in the last episode uh, I had a conversation with uh, Coco Bryce about video yeah. game music as well, and uh, because he was making a lot of jungle and a lot of jungle uh, happened to be in like '90s video games, yeah. um, and, and there's always. For some reason, I, f I find a lot of electronic music artists nowadays come from that video game background. My, me, myself, I was a very avid gamer in my teenage well, years. Definitely, if and you played SSX, for example, yeah. or Streets of Rage, or uh, any of that games. Like SSX was like completely jungle and urban bass. Streets of Rage was like completely techno and electro. Mm -hmm. All the Japanese video games, yeah. if you like, uh, very crazy. Like, like it's music. only like Yamaha uh, keyboards. Like, uh, you know, I've been looking for this Yamaha bassline when I was like more of a teenager, like the lately bass or whatever you call it. That very famous club bass, you mm -hmm. know, for years, you know, and I didn't know why I liked it so much. And until I realized it was like in all video game like soundtrack <laughs> I was playing, you know. Yeah. And I think it's something, um, I also believe that, that everything that we see or listen to and stuff, even though we forget about them, they stay in some way. Mm -hmm. um, yeah, so, so yeah, we, it's also maybe why be, uh, there is m more people listening to electronic music nowadays. Yeah, I think so. Uh, because like, uh, it's been, we grew up with it actually. Uh, rather than other people, like in the 90s, where actually they had to Make do it. it. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> exactly. Yeah. No, that's very cool. I, it, it's, I, it, in a way, it brings me pleasure that that is something that I uh, keep hearing coming back in a way. Um, yeah. Even people that weren't, that didn't play video games or whatever, that they also feel like, oh yeah, that is an important thing. Yeah. Uh, like 
Coco Bryce did not know about uh, all the jungle in like Ape Escape and like those PlayStation One yeah, games, yeah, and then yeah. he started looking at it and was like, "Oh, that's really cool." <laughs> um, so I think, yeah, it's just like a, a nice thing to see come full circle in the next episode. <laughs> um, for my last question, and that is something that we ask every every single guest that comes on the show, is um, if you were to describe your musical taste as a dish, what would it be? As a dish. A dish, because we talked about food earlier. Food is a very important thing to me, to Matthias as well, to Lars, who's also part of Sully Pond as well. I really love food, man. Food is great. It's a bad question to ask. (laughs) It can also be more than one thing. It can be a course. It can be a single dish. Okay, because me, I'm the kind of person that will enjoy as much as uh, like a a great uh, truffle kind of uh, Italian uh, plate, okay? And the McDonald's, you know, mm. like I, I can, I can, I can see what's good in both, you know. Yeah. So if I had to say something, uh, my musical taste would be like food porn, you know, like really Oof. this thing where you really are able to enjoy like the finest meals and also the shittiest, like just, you know, like too much. And I think it translates as well in my music and it's especially in my DJ sets. <laughs> where I play the most uh, complicated tracks sometimes, along with the most accessible stuff, you know? Yeah. And, um, and yeah, I think, uh, I think I like to, to be like wide, but if I have to give like a specific thing. Expensive ah. French cuisine as a main and then a McDonald's hamburger after the main <laughs> dinner. Oh, that will be hard though. <laughs> 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 that will be hard. <laughs> Let's say my music is like a day eating, okay? You okay, wake okay. up and then you have like this really nice breakfast. And then uh, you didn't eat for the whole day. Then you see this McDonald's, you go, you get it. But then you get really hungry because the McDonald's is bullshit, you know? Yeah, you yeah. get it and it's like it's shit, you know? And at night you go out in this like uh, super cool Italian restaurant because Italian food is the best. And, um, oh, good thing, you can have a vitello tonato for my music. Vitello tonato is like veal, yeah. cooked veal, but cold. Uh-huh. And it's like a tuna paste in the middle. And you eat that with bread, it's like the best, uh, best thing you can have. So, yeah. Yeah. <laughs> nice, <laughs> that's a good answer, thank you very much. Um, thank you for listening, thank you for joining us. Uh, no, I hope to you. see you DJ soon, and uh, yeah, let's hang out. Yeah, cool. yeah definitely. <laughs> cool. Cheers. Thanks for listening. If you like this podcast, make sure to subscribe to our channels here on Instagram, Facebook, and the likes. Let us know who you think should feature on the next podcast.